you for listening in on Tent of Testimonies podcast. This is the official podcast of the Tent of Testimonies International under the leadership of Prophet Dr. Fred Akama and Senior Pastor Maureen Akama. As you listen to this and other amazing sound biblical teachings, our aim is to equip you with the Word of God so that you can grow into an effective believer. In today's podcast, we do believe that you will be imparted with the knowledge of God, spiritual truths, and kingdom principles that will positively affect your spiritual life. Be blessed as you listen, and may you come back with a great testimony. We are looking at instruments of dominion. Say so instruments of dominion. This is our year of what? Say reigning as kings in life. So to reign, you must exercise dominion. A kingdom, the word kingdom is a combination of two words. Is the king's dominion. Kingdom means the king's dominion. It's where and is the jurisdiction uh, over which the king exercises dominion. So for you to reign as a king, you must exercise dominion over some jurisdiction. For you to exercise dominion, you must know how to exercise dominion. God has given us instruments that uh, help us to exercise spiritual dominion in our jurisdiction. And we looked at one last week, um, on the last two weeks, is iron feet, what we call feet washing. Is that okay? By the way, the, the biggest people I know that do feet washing are SDS. You know that? You didn't know. SDS don't do Holy Communion without feet washing. If you are a member of SDA, anytime they're having Holy Communion, what do they do? They have this revelation more than Pentecostals. SDS don't partake. In fact, the Holy Communion service was not meant to be partaken apart from feet washing. It was the same service. Is that okay? So the church has picked the Holy Communion one and left the feet washing part. But we looked at it comprehensively and it's going to be placed into a book so that you can always read that to continue with the revelation. Is that okay? Because last week it was very hot as I was preaching. A lot of people were sleeping. I think I went too deep. The kapoteza wengine wakanza kufikiria safari rally. Kanza kulala signs and visions. So we have put the matter in a book and that book will be coming out so that you can read and explain to somebody who inquires why you do what you do. Another instrument of dominion is the Holy Communion. The Holy what? Communion. The word communion means come into union. Communion means what? Come into union. There cannot be communion without two entities becoming one. If there's a communion, it means two or more entities have been merged into one. They have come into union.
So if you hear about the communion of the saints, it means the saints are becoming one. How do we say grace? May the grace? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That word fellowship, some, some uh, version says the communion of the Holy Spirit. You can become one by the Holy Spirit. They understand. A teaching is not a doctrine I've taught you here before. How do you find a teaching in the Bible? A teaching is not a doctrine, one, unless you find it in the Old Testament. Is that okay? It must be where? And also, Jesus must have talked about it. Is that okay? And number three, it must have passed through the sieve of the cross into the New Testament of the grace dispensation. So if you find it in the Old Testament and Jesus didn't talk about it and it is not in the New Testament, don't teach it. Is that okay? Don't take it as, as applying to you. If you find it in the Old Testament and Jesus talked about it, but it doesn't pass the test of the cross, don't take it as applying to you. There are things Jesus talked about that don't apply to you. Even though it is Jesus that said them. Good morning. It's good afternoon. Are we here? And I've given you several examples of such. Jesus said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. So you cannot look at a believer whom you think has sinned and then you take that scripture and tell them they will not see heaven because their righteousness is less than the one of the Pharisees. Is that okay? The reason you cannot do that is because the way the Pharisees obtained righteousness and the way we have obtained righteousness are two different ways. The Pharisees obtained righteousness by following a set of rules. Am I talking? You as a believer, you don't obtain righteousness by following a set of rules. You obtain righteousness by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth as your Savior and Lord. The Bible says if you have believed in Christ, you have fulfilled all righteousness. You have fulfilled the law. They're here. So what applied to the Pharisees, even though Jesus said it, it doesn't apply to you because that one cannot pass through the cross. Do you understand? Can I tell you another one? Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. Everybody's busy trying to love the Lord. I'm trying to love the Lord. I'm trying to love the Lord. In the New Testament, the Bible says, not that we loved him, but that he loved us and died for us. So in the New Testament, we are not trying to love him. We are accepting his love for us.
So everything in the Bible must be looked at. First John 4.10. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. So we are not trying to love God. We are trying to accept his love for us. And when we accept his love for us, now we have capacity to love him. Because the Bible says he is the one that shed his love abroad in our hearts. You have no capacity to love God. It is God that gives you his love to love him. So this thing you're doing, does it pass through the sieve of the cross? Ukishaweka kichungi ya msalaba, itapita ama itabaki huku. Sama kuna kichungi ya msalaba ya yesu. Can I give you one more? Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. When you pass it through the cross, it says, little children, I write to you because your sins are forgiven. Your sins Forgiven. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things shall be added unto you. When you pass it through the cross, the scripture that comes up, God made him to be seen that knew no sin, that in him you might become the righteousness of God. So you sought the kingdom and found it. You are not here to seek the kingdom. You are here to live inside the kingdom. Let's have a mentality shift. You are here to do what? To live inside the kingdom. You are in the kingdom and the kingdom is in you. So you are here to exercise dominion. Say here. Say I am not seeking the kingdom. I sought the kingdom and found it in Christ. I am not seeking righteousness. I am righteousness. In fact, I am the same righteousness as God. The righteousness of God is my portion. Am I talking? So we are not seeking to be righteous. We are talking from a righteous position. This is not my teaching. This is just uh, Ugalisosa. Is that okay? Say I'm talking. Say I am talking. I am dominating. I am reigning from a righteous position. I'm, you're not even go, looking to go to heaven. Are you aware? You're already in heaven. This matter is settled. Oh, you won't go to heaven. I say you're too late. You're too late. I already reached there. I am seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places far above 
all principality, power, throne, kingdom, dominion, and authority, and any name that you can name, both in this earth and heaven, and even under the earth. So to tell me how I'm not going to heaven, you are too late. That matter is settled. My question is, how can I dominate here before I go there physically? Going to heaven or not was settled by my accepting Christ. So we are not here trying to go to heaven. This is not our mission. That issue is settled. If you are a believer, it means you believe. If you believe, it means you're already in heaven. You're not on your way there. Do, do, do you notice the Bible says we have come to Mount Zion? It doesn't say we are going there. This Mount Zion. You must change that one. This, I reached there. I have come there. Where people die and go to, the spirits of just men made perfect. You don't have to die to get there. Da, da, da. I don't know why I'm teaching this, but I'm helping somebody. Our fight of faith is not to go to heaven. Our fight of faith is to live a victorious life here before we are called there. Because the heaven matter was settled, we are already seated there, comfortable with both buttocks. Not one in, one out. They are here. They understand. This is called the assurance of salvation. It says, he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. So when Jesus sat down, I sat down. Jesus doesn't sit down as him. You are diverting me from my topic. Jesus didn't sit down as Jesus. He sat down as me. Because before he came to earth, he was already seated. The reason he came is so that he can now go and sit properly as me. The only reason Jesus became, came to earth is so that he could become me. And then do whatever he was doing originally now as me, not as him. That's why he took on a body and that's why we are his body. They're here. They're, I understand. Jesus didn't do everything he did for him. He didn't need it. He was God. He was with the, God, he was with the Father before the world began. The only point, reason he disturbed that existence is so that he could come and take us with him. In him. As him. You will not get stranded again in life forever. In the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Death no longer 
has dominion over him. So one of the instruments God has left us that will allow us to show forth our dominion here on earth is the Holy Communion. The Holy Communion. Jesus did not invent the Holy Communion. The first instance where we see the Holy Communion in the Bible is when Jesus appears to Abraham as Melchizedek. When Jesus appears to Abraham as Melchizedek, Abraham had just come from war. And Jesus appeared to him as a high priest without beginning, without end, without genealogy. That high priest is called Melchizedek. And that Melchizedek appeared to Abraham. And the Bible says Melchizedek brought out bread and wine. I'm about to teach tonight. Can I teach a bit? Melchizedek did what? Bread and wine. So the gospel... It's about the Holy Communion. The Bible says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. This is the same Melchizedek we are told about in the book of Melchizedek had no mother, had no father, had no beginning, had no end, has no genealogy. Am I talking? It says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings and bless him. Next verse. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace. Without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the son of God, remains a priest continually. So God, Abraham met Jesus. Am I talking? Abraham did what? Met Jesus. And when he met Jesus, the first thing Jesus Christ did was to have holy communion with him. Says Abraham, the Melchizedek brought out bread and wine. And in that holy communion, that's how Abraham got the title deed for the whole earth. It was through the holy communion, the covenant of communion, that Abraham was given the title deed of the whole earth. In fact, God, made, God, Jesus made Abraham, Abraham of God. He says, you Abraham of the most high God. <laughs> Jesus changed the surname of Abraham through communion. Abraham became Abraham El Elyon. Abraham of the most high God. Jesus added the name of after communion today. Something shall be added to your surname. You shall get the title deed of somewhere in the precious name of Jesus. It says, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God, most high, possessor 
of heaven and earth. How did Abraham possess heaven and possess earth? Through the Holy Communion. After this Holy Communion, you are possessing something. You are possessing your possession. In the precious name of Jesus. You are possessing something in heaven. And you are possessing something on earth. In the mighty name of Jesus. There is an a suffix being added to your name this morning. You become somebody of the most high God. You become Juliana of the most high God. You become Teresa of the most high God. You are becoming Joseph of the most high God. You are becoming John of the most high God. Oh, through this covenant of the Holy Communion. is adding a suffix to your name this morning. In the name of Jesus. Next verse. And blessed be God most high. Was delivered your enemy into your hand by the Holy Communion. God Himself declared, Now your enemies are delivered into your hand. After this morning, there shall be a delivery of your enemy into your palms. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The book of Galatians says the gospel was first preached to Abraham. So the first person to hear the good news on earth was who? Even before Jesus died. Jesus preached to Abraham about his death and resurrection. How did he do it? By the Holy Communion. Abraham had the gospel through Melchizedek. So Apostle Paul recorded that the gospel was first preached to Abraham. How did he, how was he preached? Because Jesus himself came and preached to him. He says, I will come on earth. I will die. I will resurrect. And this is the, these are the elements of that dominion that you'll see me exhibit. After this morning, Galatians 3, it says, and the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in you shall all the nations be blessed. After today, there's a blessing that is coming on you. In the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ put it like this. He says, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. How did Abraham see the day of Christ when he met Melchizedek? The Jews were thinking naturally. They say, you're, only, you're less than 30 years old. And you're telling us you met Abraham. They say, yes, I did. We met in the spirit. Abraham, he saw my day. And he rejoiced. Today, the day of the Lord is coming upon you. The same way Abraham saw his day and rejoiced. After this, you are walking out with joy. In the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. Say, your, sabra, your father Abraham, John chapter 8 verse 56, rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Listen. God gave the world to Adam. God gave the world to who? Adam handed the world to the devil. You know that? The Bible says the devil took Jesus to a high mountain 
and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and says, I will, all this I will give you if you bow down and worship me because they were handed to me. Question. They were handed to him by whom? Adam. Jesus did not tell the devil, you are lying. They were not handed to you. Jesus knew it was true what the devil was saying. They were handed to him. Am I talking? But Jesus had come to take back. The Bible says the son of man came to seek and save that which was lost. Not those who are lost. The mission of Jesus is not to save people. People are just collateral. The mission of Jesus is to get back the authority of man. The kingdom of God that man lost. The dominion of man. Say the mission of Jesus. Who is the last Adam. Is to recover. What the first Adam lost. Which is the authority of man. Which is the dominion of man. This is why I normally say God has left you here to show dominion. To show that Jesus Christ recovered the dominion. If God didn't want you to show dominion, he would have taken you to heaven the time you got born again. But he has not left you here so that you can suffer. He has left you here so that you can show everyone that Jesus Christ of Nazareth, he succeeded in his mission. He took back the dominion of man. When Jesus died and resurrected, he came up and said, All authority, all dominion in heaven and on earth has now been given to me. Then he handed that dominion over to you. He says, Now you go forth therefore, preaching in the name of the Father, preaching in the name of the Son, preaching in the name of the Holy Ghost, and I shall be with you throughout all the ages. So we have not been left here suffering in some corner waiting for Jesus to come and pick us. And Jesus is looking at time. Is it time yet? Is it time yet? No, no, no. We have been left here to prove that Jesus Christ succeeded in his mission to restore the dominion of man that Adam handed over to the devil. And he can only prove that by your dominion, by you exercising dominion, by you living a victorious life, by you using the power and the instruments he has given you to move forward in life in the precious name of Jesus. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. But you see, that authority was not given to him. So the next sentence hands that authority immediately over to you. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. They're here. So the devil said, told Jesus, I'll give you all this. If I'll, I'm giving you a shortcut. I'll give you all this if you bow and worship me. Jesus said, I'll take it by my father's will. So here. So the first Adam lost God's family and lost God's authority to the devil. The last Adam came to regain it back. But for the last Adam to get it back, 
God had to have a covenant with man. I'm teaching about the Holy Communion. God had to have what? A covenant with man. Because in the heavenly covenant, God cannot move fast. Otherwise, God will be accused of doing something that man is not supposed to do. A covenant means one party does the bare part, the other party also does the... Can I... Are you listening to me? Is this making sense? A covenant is not God acting unilaterally. A covenant means God does something in response to what man has done. Am I talking? So God knew he had to save the world. And for him to save the world, he had to bring his son. And for him to bring his son, that son had to die. Is that okay? But for God to bring his son on earth, a man must give his son first. So that God is responding to the covenant. So God made a covenant with Abraham. Made coven- Abraham to be his friend. I told you, the word friend is a covenant word. Is that okay? The word friend is what? A covenant word. Because God needed a man who would give his son. So God gave through the Holy Communion, God made a covenant with Abraham. Am I talking? A covenant makes two people into one. So Abraham became one with God. He became Abraham of the Most High God. Abraham El Elyon. Abraham became Abraham hyphen El Elyon. God became God of Abraham. God became God hyphen Abraham. Abraham became Abraham hyphen El Elyon. Are you listening to me? They two became one, just like a woman changes her name. They are here. So this oneness allowed God now to bring his son. God now told Abraham, because we have covenant, I can request anything of you and you must not refuse. This is the essence of covenant. The essence of covenant is this. What I ask of you, even if it is harming you, you must give it to me and you suffer harm. They are here. So God told Abraham, by this covenant I will give you a son. I'll do my part. So God gave him a son. After that, then God said, because I've given you a son, also give me a son. When, God, when Abraham gave Isaac, God now had capacity because of covenant to bring Jesus. God could not bring Jesus on earth. There was no legal ground for God to give his son to humanity. So he had to become one with man. Is that okay? And man had to give his son. Is that okay? So that God now can give his son first to be born. Number two, to die. They are here. So Abraham became a friend of God because Abraham gave, that's why he became the father of faith. Because he gave God legal grounds to bring Jesus. Is this making sense to someone? Now, Jesus now, as man, I'm giving you the legal basis why we do Holy Communion. The spiritual legal basis. Are you awake? 
Wave your hand like this. Wave your hand. Someone's hand is in the mouth. Nafanya mambo ambayo wanadamu wewe kufanya. Daraja For Jesus to rescue man, Jesus had to take the sin of man. Is that okay? For Jesus to take the sin of man, he had to come become, he had to become one with man. He had to do what? Become one with man. That is why before Jesus went to the cross, he had to have holy communion. The holy communion, the last supper, gave Jesus the legal ground to have the sin of man put on him. Jesus was sinless. Even if the devil wanted to put sin on him, he couldn't. Because he had nothing. It says that the prince of darkness comes, but he has nothing in me. So even if the devil wanted to kill Jesus, he couldn't because death is as a result of sin. He tried several times before. But Jesus could not be killed. He He disappeared. Whatever. God rescued him because he had no sin. For him to die, sin had to be found. But you can't just put sin on him without him being sinning. So the only way sin could be put on Jesus is if he became one with man. So they went to the upper room. And communion was not invented by Jesus. It's something the Israelites used to do for covenant. They used to do it for what? For covenant. It was called the Passover meal. Say Passover meal. Say Passover meal. It was instituted in Exodus when the Israelites were coming out of Egypt. And God said it will be for you, for all your generations. Say here. They understand. So Jesus, because he was becoming the Passover lamb, had to do this Passover meal. And they had been doing it over the years. That's why the Bible says, Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed. Why? Because there were other Passover meals he had done. But we are looking at, we are focusing on this one Passover meal. Or that happened on the night in which he was betrayed. So this is how our covenant took place after this year before. Can I, can I have two people? I'm rushing so that I finish by one. We don't want to finish early. So I have two hefty gentlemen. Say hefty. Stand here. So this is a farmer. And this is a soldier. Say farmer. Soldier. Say farmer. Soldier. Farmer. Soldier. So a farmer can farm food. 
And that's a lot of food. Is that okay? But if the enemy comes to attack, he has no means of protection. So even though he has food, the enemy keeps taking the food away because he can't protect himself. Is that okay? The soldier has a lot of weapons and can fight. Is that okay? Is that okay? But he's hungry. He can't farm food. So for both of them to survive, they make a covenant. What do they do? What do they do? When they want to make a covenant, they take a bull or a goat or whatever and they split it into two. What do they do? They split the bulls or the goats into two and pour the blood here on the, on the, on the, on the place of the covenant and put one half on one side and the other half on the other side. I want you to pay attention. Is that okay? Each of them will walk in between the two halves. Can you walk up and down? They are walking while they are reciting the terms of the covenant. They are walking while they are reciting the terms. Now, the place where they are walking, where blood has been poured, is called the valley of the shadow of death. It's called what? Because this, after you talk this, if you break it, you will die. You are swearing, if this, I mess with this, I will die. Say the valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death is the blood that they are walking in between as they are reciting the terms of the covenant. After they have done that, They will uh, begin to exchange things. Now they have become one. Now they begin to exchange things. The first thing they exchange is their clothes. Somebody say, can you begin to exchange? <laughs> what is the first thing they exchange? Why? Because people, are the, what they do is identified by what they wear. What you wear, identify. When you see a soldier come, you can see this is a soldier. Is that true? How? Because of what they are wearing. When you see a doctor, you say this is a doctor. Is it written on the head? How do you know what is wearing? That shows you this is a soldier, this is a doctor. So what they are, what they do, is identified by what they wear. They're here. So the clothes of Jesus is called the robe of righteousness. What are the clothes of Jesus? So there was an exchange that took place on the cross. That's what the Bible says. He who knew no sin was made to be seen that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How did we become righteous? We exchanged clothes. He took our own blanket of sin put upon himself. That's why one of the things they did to Jesus on the cross was to remove his clothes. So the Bible says he will clothe you with the robe of righteousness. Say they exchange clothes. So you'll be looking at somebody now from far 
thinking that looks like a farmer. But when you get near, you find it's actually a soldier. He's a soldier who wears like a farmer. Then there's a farmer who looks like a general in the army. Why? This shows you there's a covenant in place. The farmer by what he's wearing will say, if you joke with me, there's somebody else who is one with me. Who will handle you if you try me. Is that okay? When the, the clothes have been exchanged, somebody now says, I'm not my own. I am not my own. I'm not doing this by myself. My father is always with me. They are here. So the exchange clothes are moving quickly. The next thing they exchange is their implements of weapons. Their weapons they use for their trade. So the farmer gets a jembe. The, the, the soldier gets what? A jembe as his weapon. The farmer gets the spear, whatever it is the soldier had. This is the only way we are able to quote the word of God. The Bible says the word of God is a sword in the mouth of Jesus. Here. So when Jesus died, he exchanged that sword for us. So the word of God in our mouths is we are, we are putting the sword in our mouth because Jesus gave us the ability to do that through covenant. We exchange our weapons. They're here. Number three, the next thing they exchange. Say clothes. Say clothes. Say weapons. Say weapons. The next thing they exchange is names. What do they exchange? Names. Names are exchanged by covenant. That's when you see a man, a woman gets married, they exchange their name. So here. So the Bible says, if my people were called, how are we called by his name? Through covenant. We exchange names. So God, wherever he is, is called God Akama. Is that okay? And me, wherever I am, I am Akama hyphen God. We have exchanged names. I have his name, he has mine. They understand. They understand. Say, if my people who are called by my name shall do the correct thing, I shall fulfill my part. Am I talking? They exchange what? Say they exchange what? Now, the next thing they would exchange is lives. Say lives. Say lives. How do they exchange lives? They cut their arm. They slice their hand like this. And blood starts flowing. Is that okay? The blood starts flowing. That blood, they take a a cup of wine and flow that blood. They clasp their their hands together. And the two bloods mingle and go into the wine. This is, this is the origin of handshake. Not the political one, you know. The origin of handshake is covenant. Is that okay? That's why Jesus said, as you go, please don't shake any man's hand. In other words, have no covenant with the unfruitfulness. Anybody's hands you shake, you have entered a covenant with them. You know that. 
That's why when I go into a city, I don't want to shake people's hands until my mission is complete. Because the enemy waits with people. Man of God, anointing finished. Because the enemy understands covenant more than you do. If you are going for a huge business deal, don't shake people's hands. Keep your own hands to yourself. Go and sign a contract, then shake everybody you want because the thing is already done. They're here. So the blood would enter into the cup, the wine cup. Then they would cut a piece of the meat. That meat was normally called the body. It was called what? The body. So the person would cut, one of them would cut the meat and feed the other person and said, take, eat, this is my body that is given for you. In other words, I am swearing here now that if there's an arrow coming towards you, I will put my body on the line. That arrow will hit me and you, you shall live. I'm willing to take a bullet for you. This is what it says. Is that okay? This way I don't have communion with someone and not take a bullet for them. It is also saying, if I have the last piece of meat on earth, if there's only one piece of meat on earth and I have it, and everybody else is dying, I would take that piece of meat, give it to you. I'm this committed to you. I would give it to you. You, you eat it. You, you live, and then I die of hunger. This is what you are saying. Are you listening? It's not a small matter now. Are you listening to me? Then, after that, they would take the wine with a mixed glass, and they would feed each other, say, take, drink of it. This is my blood. I am willing to shed it for you. Say, there's no time. Anybody would be attacking you for whatever reason that I will not come in between and fight them to death because of you. I will not ask questions. Is it true? Did you do it? Are they correct? No, no, no. So long as it's you being attacked, I will come on your side. Crush the other fellow, first of all. Not because they are wrong or worse. No, no, no. It's because they are attacking you. That's enough reason for me. They're here. I will shed my own blood. I will die and let you live. So Jesus had to do this so that he could have legal capacity to go and shed his blood for men. Are you listening? If he went to the cross without doing this, he would die for nothing. Because there was no covenant connecting him to humanity. They're here. So the upper room, the last supper, was one of the most important things that Jesus did to enable him to save mankind. Sit down, sit down. Celebrate my farmer and soldier. Say, it is clear for me now. I can see it now. The Bible says, if you have the gift of prophecy and you are able to understand all mystery 
The gift of prophecy gives you capacity to understand mysteries. I'm teaching you the mystery of the Holy Communion right now. In a way you have never seen it. I'm sure a lot of you have never seen this in the Holy Communion. So the Holy Communion, the Passover, is what allowed God not to kill the Israelites. The legal ground for God to kill Egyptians and not Israelites was the sacrifice of the Holy Communion. They made a covenant. And God said, because I've made a covenant with you, when I see that blood, I will pass over because I'm now fighting your enemies. I'm releasing judgment on the gods of Egypt. The battle of Israelites was not battle between Moses and Pharaoh. Was it was not even battle between God and the Egyptians. It was battle between God and the gods of Egypt. He says, upon the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. Because the Egyptians believed in the God of the sea. And God wanted to prove there's no God there. There's only one God, and it's me. So here. Are you here? Are you? I have still 15 minutes, please. Eh? Uh, control your sleep. <laughs> I have 15 minutes to go. So God told them, before I come, take the blood of the lamb. Put one on top of the door. Is that okay? On the top lintel and on both sides. That formed what? A cross. You can see that? So the cross of Jesus was in the Passover of the Egyptians and Israelites. And it is that cross that Jesus was coming to pay for 4,000 years down the line that released the Israelites from bondage. And it's that same cross that is going to release us from bondage this morning in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You are walking out on the devil in the precious name of Jesus. You are going to see the hand of God after today in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. And in the Labada. Say they ate the meat and put the blood on the door. And they walked out. And Jesus said, Christ is now our Passover lamb. The same thing they did with the lamb, Christ is now doing for us. We don't have to wait until Passover to do it. We can do it every week, every day, every month. I read a book by Smith Wigglesworth. Everywhere he went, the first thing he did was to share the Holy Communion. If the man entered your house, before doing anything, you must share the Holy Communion. In fact, the early church, the Bible says, they went from house to house, breaking bread. If somebody came to visit you, before, hello, before anything, please let's sit down, bring out wine, bring out bread, Holy Communion. Then now we can talk.
So the, Holy, the last supper allowed Jesus to give his life to God as man so that God can give us now eternal life. The reason God can dispense eternal life to you is because Jesus gave his. And because he's one with you, God can now give you eternal life by reason of the new covenant. Is this deep? Can you understand this? I realized last, last week I taught on feet washing and a lot of people, hey, I know I'm moving quickly, but I've taught this year before. Now, in the Passover meal, we normally have Holy Communion and we have one cup that we drink. The cup of the blood of Jesus. But the Passover meal didn't have one cup. It had four. It had how many? Four cups. The Passover meal is called the Seder meal. Seder is S-E-D-E-R. The Seder meal. The Seder meal has a body. The body of the lamb that has been slaughtered. It's called the body. And it had four cups. And these four cups were to denote the promises of God to the Israelites in Exodus chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. So the first one, I'm beginning to close. The first cup was called the cup of sanctification. The cup of what? In fact, if you see the Catholic priests, when they are giving out <clears throat> the Holy Sacrament, they drink the wine four times. Do you know that? I used to think, hey, now we have to append a ikitu. maramoja. Because you would go and do something, something, then you'd come, shoop. Shoop. I say, you are finishing for everybody else. No. They are doing it four times. They are taking the cedar cups. They do it four times. Is that okay? The Catholics understand this. They drink four cups. The first cup is what? The cup of sanctification. This cup of sanctification says, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Say the cup of sanctification. So they used to drink four cups. Number two is the cup of judgment or the cup of deliverance. The cup of? Or the cup of deliverance. We don't drink four of them. We just take just one. Because it's one that is mentioned in the Bible. But the second one is the cup of deliverance or the cup of judgment. It goes with, I will rescue you from their bondage. It is the cup of deliverance from the bondage of Egypt. The third cup is the cup we normally drink. It's called the cup of redemption. The cup of what? Redemption. Or the cup of the blessing. It's called the cup of redemption or the cup of the blessing. That's why Apostle Paul, he said, the cup of the blessing that we bless. The cup of the blessing that we bless. The cup of the blessing. This was the third cup. In the Holy Communion, in the church, we normally just take the cup of the blessing. Well, the cup of the blessing or the cup of redemption to commemorate our redemption by the blood of Jesus. Amen. 
First Corinthians 10, 16 says, The cup of blessing which you bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which you break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So the third cup was called the cup of the blessing. The cup of the blessing or the cup of redemption. There was a fourth cup. There was what? This fourth cup is called the cup of praise. The cup of praise or the cup of consummation. The cup of what? Praise or consummation. This is the cup that Jesus refused to take. The Bible says after the third cup, they sang hymns and left out. They didn't take the fourth cup. Jesus went to pray. This is the cup that made him one with sin, that consumed the marriage of the supper of the Lamb. That made us brides. In the Jewish culture, when a man proposed to a woman, he would give a bottle, a cup of wine. Is that okay? So Jesus needed to propose to us to become his bride. And he needed to take this wine with us. But the process of taking this wine was so painful. So he didn't take it to the disciples. He went to the garden to ask if this thing can be removed from him. The one he was asking, Lord, let this cup be removed from it. It is a cup of consummation. He was about to become seen. It is a cup of consummation that consumed this thing and made, made the exchange, made him seen and made us righteous. Am I talking? So he was scared to become seen, not scared. He was loathing. He, was, he didn't want to be seen. So he went and asked, is it possible for this cup of consummation, this cup, to be taken away from me? Yet not my will, but yours be done. So when he agreed to take this cup, Wave at me like this. Because I can see it is very hot. I'm about to finish. When he agreed to take this cup, he went to the cross. When everything has been done, and he was now ready to take the cup, he said, I thirst. Bring the cup now. And the Bible says, they took wine of vinegar and gave him to drink and took put vinegar in the sponge and gave him to drink and he drank of that cup and he said it is finished what was finished the, the passover supper the passover supper had not been finished until that time so when he took he said now it is finished jesus wanted to include the cross as part of the passover supper said, now it is finished. The marriage is consummated. I can now die. Then he died. Is that okay? If he died without taking this cup, we would not be born again. He had to take the fourth cup. The cup of consummation. But he did it at the cross. 
And because he took that cup of consummation, everything God destined and placed in the Passover meal is ours today. In the name of Jesus. 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 This is a little deep and you're young, so I don't know. But I'm speaking. Whoever gets, will get. So what are the benefits of the Holy Communion? One, you possess your possessions on earth and in heaven. We saw that with Abraham. And to close quickly. Say, I possess my possession. Naturally in the earth. Spiritually in heaven. Number two, the Lord will deliver my enemies to me. Say, the Lord will deliver my enemies to me. Jesus said also, this holy communion you are taking, it is the same bread that was taken in the desert. The body that you are taking now, it is the same manna that the children of Israel took in the desert. The Jews asked him, do a miracle. Do something to prove that you are the Messiah. Because Moses gave our forefathers manna in the desert. Moses proved himself. He gave our forefathers manna in the desert. Jesus said, one, it is not Moses that gave your forefathers manna in the desert. It is my father. Is that okay? <clears throat> Number two, your forefathers, they ate that manna and yet they still died. Number three, that manna that they ate, I am that bread. That came down from heaven. That was a shadow of what you are eating now. They ate it and they died. Who eats my flesh and eats my blood will never die. He said that manna that they ate, it was a shadow of what you are eating now. It was a shadow of the flesh. It was a shadow of my blood. He says whoever takes, partakes of my flesh... And whoever drinks of my blood, the same way I live by the Father, they shall live by me. If you are taking the flesh of the blood of Jesus, the flesh of Jesus Christ, and the blood of Jesus Christ tonight, the same way Jesus is alive by the Father, the life of God is coming in you right now. In the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. So the Holy Communion is a means of recharging the life of God in you. This way life of God with you will be so charged that no virus can touch you. No element of disease can touch you. If there's any malfunction in your system, it is corrected instant in the precious name of Jesus. Because you have taken of the flesh of the Lamb of God. You have taken of the blood of God. Listen to me. If a vampire, John 6.50 says, this is the bread which comes down from heaven. That one may eat of it and not die. I will teach of this when I'm teaching more on uh, immortality. Listen, I tried immortality one day and nobody got it. Somebody asked me, what are you saying? Are you saying that people will not, what are you saying in this thing? I said, okay. I'll try again another day. So, A vampire drinks the blood of a human being 
and renews their youth. Have you watched those vampire movies? Where do you think they got that, that concept from? A vampire is 350 years old. They will go and drink the blood of a young person and you will see their youth being renewed in the movie and you believe it. You don't think it is, it is strange. You vampire is 400 years old. And it doesn't seem strange to you. Why? Because in your inside, you know God has put eternity in the heart of man. You know, when I drink the blood, when I eat the flesh, my youth should be renewed. It is obvious to you spiritually. Now you, you are drinking the blood not of a sinful human being. You are drinking the blood of the almighty God. You are eating the flesh of the almighty God. And yet you expect to grow old. Your youth shall be renewed like that of an ego. In the precious name of Jesus. In the precious name of Jesus. The holy communion is the best anti-aging agent ever. They are here. As I partake of the flesh, as I drink of the blood, my strength is renewed. My youth is renewed. I discern the body. I discern the blood. My youth is renewed. My strength is renewed. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, when God brought them out, they ate manna in the desert. There was none feeble among them. This is the book of Psalm 105. There was none feeble. There was none weak among them. Why? They ate manna. You, you are not eating manna. That was a shadow. You are eating the real meat. Jesus said, my flesh is meat indeed. You are drinking the real blood. He said, my blood is drink indeed. You shall not be weak after today. The strength of the Lord is your portion. In the precious name of Jesus, there shall none be feeble among them. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, there shall none be feeble among them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we are taking the drink that is drink indeed. We are eating of the flesh that is meat indeed. No feebleness shall be found among us. In the mighty name of Jesus. He said, he brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble. Among his tribes. Apostle Paul put it like this. Because you are not discerning the body. A lot of you have eaten damnation unto themselves. Therefore, you have become weak. Some of you have become sick. And some of you have fallen asleep. Because they didn't know what they were taking. They became weak. If you discern the body. And you discern the blood. Weakness shall be removed from you. Feebleness is removed from you. Sickness is removed from you. And death will look at you and take a corner. In the precious name of Jesus. You are not dying in the name of Jesus. You shall not die and you shall live. To declare the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Death that is killing people. Shall look at you and say touch not. The anointed of the over. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If there is a germ in your body. If there is a virus in your system. If there is any sickness in your body. Whatever. By the partaking of the blood of Jesus. Which is drinking dead. By the partaking of the body of Jesus. That is meeting dead. That virus is terminated. That terminal condition is reversed. That malfunctioning part begins to pick life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Receive the life of God. In Jesus mighty name. It says he who eats and drinks. 
in an unworthy manner. Not you are unworthy, you are making the blood to be unworthy. You are not discerning. Eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. In other words, if you drink it in an unworthy manner, if you discern what you're drinking and what you're taking, you will not be weak. You will not be sick. You will not die. There shall none be feeble among you in the name of Jesus. Next benefit, Bible says, by the communion, he brought them out with silver and gold. See, as I partake of this Holy Communion, I am coming out. I am not coming out empty. I am coming out with silver and gold by reason of the Holy Communion. I claim my silver. I claim my gold in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So the Holy Communion is God's platform for you to be rich. He brought them out. But he did not bring them out empty. He brought them out with silver and gold. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. Silver and gold. After this, people who have not called you for years will call you to bring you silver and to bring you gold. The Bible says, because of the Holy Communion, he gave the Israelites favor in the eyes of the Egyptians. So that whatever they asked for, they were given. They will give you this salary you're asking for. Before you go for salary negotiation, take some Holy Communion. Before you go for that job interview, take some Holy Communion. Before you go looking for that contract, take some Holy Communion. Because God will give you favor with the Egyptians. Everything you ask, you compel them, they shall give you. In the precious name of Jesus. And the Lord had given the people favor. In the sight of the Egyptians. So that they granted them what they requested. And in this manner. They plundered the Egyptians. Would you like to plunder some Indians? Some Arabs somewhere? Before you go there. You must take the holy. Come in. So that you gain favor. In the eyes. Of the Egyptians. The favor in the eyes of my adversaries. By the Holy Communion, I procure favor in the eyes of my adversaries in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, they ate manna in the desert for 40 years. It says, their feet did not swear. Neither did their clothes wear out. As you are eating of this manna, the bread that came down from heaven, 
things in your house will not break down. Ah. I do know this. The communion not only preserves you, it preserves your clothes. It preserves your radio. Your TV will not blow. God will guard your things. Because you have a covenant with him. He said their clothes did not wear out. Neither did their feet swell. Deuteronomy 29. And I have led you 40 years in the wilderness. Your clothes have not worn out on you. And your sandals have not worn out on your feet. Your feet did not swell. Your shoes will last longer than you thought they should. Because you are taking communion. It's affecting what you're wearing. Amen. Say, my feet will not swell. By reason of the Holy Communion. Say, wild animals will not attack me. Because I'm eating the manna from heaven. The Bible says wild animals could not attack them. You know, wild animals are not just snakes. Even small viruses are wild animals. Ah. Corona is a wild animal. It shall not attack you by reason of the Holy, Holy Communion in the mighty name of Jesus. The wild animals were not permitted to attack them. As they walked Forty years. Remember, it says the children of Israel ate manna forty years until they came to the border of Canaan. Ana bariza varia domake, ozuma zavali tezeke nikiriva, muzi mita ya zimuna mayali zade, numatali barade. It says they ate the food of angels. Say manna. The bread of heaven is the food of angels. It says as they were walking in the desert, they ate the food of angels. They ate the food of angels. Say this morning, I am eating what angels eat in the name of Jesus Christ. He says, Men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. What does the food of angels do? The Bible says, The angel came and woke up Elijah and says, Arise and eat because the journey is long. As you are eating the food of angels this day, you shall complete the journey. You shall not drop up on the way. You shall complete this Christian journey. In the precious name of Jesus. You shall finish it strong. Because you are eating the food of angels. You shall grow stronger and stronger. The journey is long. So arise and eat. Arise and eat. You shall complete the journey. In the precious name of Jesus. Men eat angels food. Arise and eat. Because the journey is long. Can you say, can you give me the scripture where the angel, and the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat. An angel cooked for a prophet. Said, Arise and eat. 
because the journey is long. Today the table of the Lord has been prepared. The table of the Lord has been prepared. Arise and eat because the journey is long. You shall complete this journey. We shall not lose any of you on the way in the precious name of Jesus. By this table of the Lord I claim all of you. At the end of this journey all of you shall be counted and no one shall be missing in Jesus precious name. This is my covenant with you so that you cannot fall out of the way. You shall complete the journey in Jesus precious name. Arise at it for the journey is long. The journey is too great for you. You need help. You need strengthening. You need fortification. The journey is long. Second last point, then I finish. Ten minutes over my time, but I've tried. The Bible says, they were walking with Jesus on the road to Emmaus and they didn't know who he was. And he talked with them and began to tell them the event that had happened in Jerusalem. Cleophas and somebody. They were walking, but they couldn't recognize Jesus. They didn't have a revelation of him. Then the Bible says, when they reached where they were going, he made as if he was going to pass. But he said, please stay with us. Because it is night. It says when they sat down. Start from verse 30. Now it came to pass as he sat at table with them. That he took bread. He blessed and broke it. And gave it to them. Luke 24, 30. 31. He said then their eyes were opened. And they knew him. And he vanished from their sight. As you are taking of the bread at his table today. Your eyes are opening. You are receiving a fresh revelation of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. The part of Jesus that you didn't know, he is revealing it to you tonight as you are taking of his flesh, as you are drinking of his blood in the mighty name of Jesus. Your eyes will be open and you shall see him as he is. The Bible says when we see him as he is, we are transformed into the same image as by the spirit of the Lord. As you are taking of the Holy Communion, as you are beholding him as he is, you are transformed into that same image in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I see a spiritual transformation now taking place in the name of Jesus. By reason of taking of the Holy Communion, there's a transformation taking place in Jesus' mighty name. Last benefit, First Second Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. When we behold him, when we see him, we are transformed into him in Jesus' name. One 
one last point I want to make. Say the Holy Spirit, the Holy Communion is God's defense for me against my enemies. The Bible says when your enemies are coming, right in the middle of your enemies, the Lord will prepare a table. When your enemy comes against you, God's response to your enemies coming against you is a table. As he prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. The table of the Lord is prepared as a defense for any eating. When you have eaten in the dream, God answers it by another eating. The response of God to when your enemies begin to attack you is to prepare a table. The problem of man began with eating. He ate the wrong stuff. God's solution to man is eating. The right stuff. Say the Lord prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. So when your enemies begin to come against you, let make sure there's a table of the Lord prepared and God will use this as a response, as a defense mechanism against your enemies walking out on the devil i said we are walking out on the devil with our instruments of dominion you are walking out of the devil in the name of jesus christ of nazareth and there's nothing he can do about it in the name of jesus 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 we must design the body what do we design about the body that he himself took our sin upon his own body. Say, my sins have been taken upon his body. Say, he has taken away my sin upon his body. So I can live righteous because he has taken away my sin. Nobody can mention my sin to me. He took it. Took it on his own body. He be himself bore our sins. Is he not bore, is in his own body on a tree that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness? By whose stripes you are healed? Say all my diseases. He took them upon his own body. So every nonsense, negative, medical report here. It has been taken upon the body of Jesus. You are walking free in the name of Jesus. You are walking free in the name of Jesus. When Jesus took the place of Barabbas, Barabbas walked home a free man. Nobody could accuse Barabbas of everything because his place had been taken by somebody else. Say, I receive blood transfusion. When you partake of his blood, you are receiving supernatural blood transfusion. So anything and all the diseases of the earth can be traced to blood.
When the doctors want to know what is wrong with you, they do what you call blood work. What do they do? Because your blood has information of, of any disease that is afflicting any part of your body. So when we transfuse that blood, no information of any disease can be discovered again forever. We are giving you blood transfusion this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you're coming out healthy and made whole. In the mighty name of Jesus, every root of every disease is being uprooted by the blood of Jesus. High blood pressure is coming back to normal. Blood sugar is coming back to normal. HIV is being eradicated this day. Blood leukemia is being eradicated this day. Every form of disease and growth in your system by the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, they are cast from the roots and they are uprooted instantly in the mighty name of Jesus. Are you listening to me? When they want to know which disease is this, they go to the blood. And that is where we are going. We are exchanging that blood with the blood of the Almighty God that cannot be sick, that cannot be afflicted, that cannot die. You are coming out whole in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus said, the Bible says he took the cup and blessed it and said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. So Jesus, by the Holy Communion, he instituted a fresh covenant. So every time you take the Holy Communion, you are putting a fresh covenant in your life. Listen, the way to stop a covenant is to bring another covenant. Is that okay? You don't revoke a covenant by saying, I revoke this covenant. No, you revoke a covenant by bringing a higher covenant. So by the instituting of the highest covenant in the universe, the covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ, it means any other covenant that was laying claim to your life, by this blood of Jesus Christ, they are automatically revoked in the name of Jesus. They are revoked in the name of Jesus. They are revoked in the name of Jesus. They are revoked in the name of Jesus. That means any generational curse that was following you by reason of one silly covenant or the other, after this holy communion, that covenant is revoked for eternity in the precious name of Jesus. No demon will have any claim in your life whatsoever because that covenant is now revoked and it is reversed in the name of Jesus. By this communion, every generational curse is broken and that curse is reversed into generational blessing. In the mighty name of Jesus, every generational curse is broke and broken and reversed into generational blessing. In the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus said, this thing you're drinking, it is the new covenant in the form of blood. So you are not just drinking blood. You are drinking liquid new covenant. Ah. So this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Then Apostle Paul, he said, 
as often as we do this, we do show the Lord's death until he comes. He says, when you are doing this, you will have something to show. After this, something will be placed in your hand to show that Jesus died for you. You will have something to show. You will come out of here with something to show that Jesus also died for you. You will show his death practically. In your body, it will be shown. In your finances, it shall be shown. In your family life, it shall be shown. In your career, it shall be shown. You will have something to show. We do show the death of the Lord until he comes. Because we shall exercise dominion. You shall have something to show. We show the death of the Lord until he comes. They are Christians with nothing to show. By this platform, you shall have something to show. When you speak, you shall be able to prove that which you are saying. In the name of Jesus Christ, say, as often as you eat this bread, as drink this cup, you do show. Can I have KJV? But this is in Alakada. This is the last statement I'm making, then you're close. They understand Holy Communion. It is more than I thought. It is true. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Are you ready to show the Lord's death? Are you ready to have something in your hand? To show that the Lord actually died. And more than he died, he resurrected. And more than resurrection, he seated at the right hand of the Father. Far above all the devils and all the principalities, you do show that the Lord is Lord indeed. In Jesus' mighty name. First Corinthians 11.26 For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. One, until he comes in you. Two, until he comes again. So until he appears in you and he appears for you. The devil is in trouble tonight. The Bible says, through knowledge, the righteous shall be delivered. This knowledge you have received, you will never get stranded again forever. The instruments of dominion are now in your hands. In the name of Jesus, you will show the Lord's death until that day that he comes. In the name of Jesus Christ, prepare your offering.